Star wide receiver Mike Williams got the extension he was looking for, a three-year, $60 million deal, and avoids the franchise tax. We're going to get into whether that was the right or wrong decision for the Chargers, our instant reaction to that, as well as Russell Wilson now moving in to the AFC West, all in today's Locked on Chargers podcast. You are Locked on Chargers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And shout out to him because he's fighting through it tonight to be here with you guys on a huge news day but thank you guys for making us your first listen the only place you're getting this kind of everyday chargers content and as always make sure to subscribe to the locked on chargers youtube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from but david huge news as something you had thought yesterday and we didn't get in on the show what if the chargers just sign mike williams and they stay away from the franchise tag of course that's what ends up coming to fruition a huge deal for the Chargers and Mike Williams. He cashes in on his big season, but is now the fourth highest paid receiver in the league. So we're going to talk about what that means, if that was worth it, if that's the right move, and also talk about, you know, what does that mean for Josh Palmer and his development? Do the Chargers still have flexibility and free agency to go after other players and improve other really poor, you know, parts of their roster and talk about all of that as well as the Broncos missing out on Aaron Rodgers just to turn around and get Russell Wilson and just the ridiculousness of the AFC West, probably the best division in football now. But where do the Chargers line up in that? Where do the Chargers rank now after coming in third last year, only ahead of the Russell Wilson-less Denver Broncos? But, David, we have to start with the biggest news of the day, and that is Mike Williams getting signed to that three-year contract. The news came out from Adam Schefter. Chargers and wide receiver Mike Williams reached an agreement on a three-year contract. $60 million deal that includes $40 million guaranteed and $28 million in year one, sources tell ESPN. So, David, what is your instant reaction to that giant news? First and foremost, I cannot believe I did not talk about that on yesterday's show when we literally were sitting here before the show and I was just like, man, I don't understand why, but I just have this weird feeling that the Chargers and Mike Williams are going to agree to a contract before the franchise deadline. Well... That's exactly what ended up happening. And we didn't really see that around the league either. Like there wasn't a lot of guys who you thought were going to get franchise tag that got that multi-year deal. You were sniffing out. I was like, David, what are the chances that they, before the franchise tag deadline, they get a multi-year deal done? Yeah. I I mean, to the, you know, to someone not around the organization or just anyone in general, right? Nobody thought that was going to happen. Everyone thought the franchise tag was a foregone conclusion for the Chargers and Mike Williams. Well, the Chargers said, uh, uh, uh-uh. we're going to go ahead and go ahead and go full force, sign the contract, three-year deal, $60 million. Man, Mike Williams got paid handsomely. That is a crazy contract, big, big dollars. Um, but for Mike Williams and the Chargers, this also seemed like something that was always going to get done. Sure, and I think the you know, logical next question is, was it the right decision, which is also the most polarizing talk on Chargers Twitter, right? And that's 
something that I think we have to start with. And I, I do think it was the right decision because I do think it would have been tough to have him. I mean, it would have nice been able to see him on a franchise tag deal, see him one more year, make him prove it one more year that he can stay healthy, have a, an elite season like he had last season and do it one more time. But that's a huge cap hit, right? And now yeah. you get a chance to potentially have some more flexibility there while also being able to still attack more players in free agency. But David, I mean, the fourth highest paid wide receiver, that's not including Devontae Adams. He's tied with Amari Cooper. That's two top four receivers paid in the league as far as annual average value of those contracts, which obviously is, you know, a risky thing to do as far as roster construction goes. It for sure is. There's no question about that. But the Chargers in the, are in the perfect situation to accommodate these contracts. Like I mentioned on, on yesterday's show, they have that, you know, rookie phenom on that cost controlled rookie contract. So if right. there was ever a time for them to be able to do this, it is definitely right now. And as far as if this is the right move, I absolutely think it is. I, I think the, the rapport that was built with uh, Justin Herbert and Mike Williams just going to him and all of the big moments, not just with Justin Herbert, but really his entire tenure as a receiver for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, there's some whispers out there, oh, he's injury prone. But for me, I don't see that. I, I don't agree with that those comments because, you know, there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. And Mike Williams has toughed it out, um, obviously, on numerous different occasions. And he has always come through when the Chargers have needed him to. So I think this is just the Chargers um, going back to their philosophy of, drafting and re-signing their own this is tom telesco saying hey these are not just empty words these are words i am putting in concrete well and the thing is too is i mean just because you know they have mike williams in this wide receiving trio now locked up for the rest of justin herbert's rookie contract because that's how it's all going to play out now him you know mike williams keenan allen josh palmer justin herbert all 2025 unrestricted free agents like it'll ever get there with justin herbert but yeah. It also means that, you know, it, those two, Justin Herbert's big contract and Mike Williams' big contract are never going to coincide. They're never going to have to really ha – they don't have to worry about trying to fit both of those in on, a, you know, while Justin Herbert's not getting paid, right? They don't have to worry and about And we're talking that. about two very, very different sizes of contracts when Justin Herbert um, is up. I mean, they're going to have to back up, like, five Brinks trucks for Justin Herbert's contract when that comes about. Well, and who knows what that salary cap's going to be, right? Of and that, that's the other thing is you just don't know. But I do think, I mean, a lot of people are taking exception with the $20 million part of it and, you know, being the fourth highest paid wide receiver in the league right now. And I just think that, like, it, it's just numbers. Like, as much as, yeah. yeah, he is a top four receiver, I mean, it's not including Devontae Adams, who if he's not on a franchise tag this year, which would have him right underneath Mike Williams, is going to get somewhere around $25 million per season. And their quarterback is And he was asking for 30 extended. just as a reminder. Sure, and that's what I'm saying. But Reportedly. Like, so that makes him the fifth highest receiver, right? Like, that's yeah. what he would be at right then. True. Then you look at who's going to be an unrestricted free agent next year, David. Yeah. Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, and A.J. Brown, all unrestricted free agents after 2022. So, like... The, all those, like, I don't think we're going to think of 20 million the same way after next offseason, right? After some of these other big name receivers sign those contracts. And I think what you're doing now is you have the floor of having Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Josh Palmer, which was just one of the best offenses in the NFL in 2021. Like, so I just think that that is a big part for Justin Herbert as well. He's not going to have to take a step back with weapons. You can still always add more weapons, right? Even though you have less money and flexibility to do that now, potentially. But 
you know you're going to have guys for him to throw to for the rest of his rookie contract. Yeah, no question about it. And already um, guys that he clearly has a rapport with, even Josh Palmer in, in limited action. I think Josh Palmer performed really well in, in, with the opportunities that he got. And who knows what the Chargers are going to do with Jalen Guyton. And that might open up more opportunities for him because Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton were splitting snaps last year. So maybe all of those snaps that went to Jalen Guyton are now all going to go to Josh Palmer. You don't know. But I think you liked what you saw out of that group. The one thing, Daniel, I think that is very clear, although they have you know some very good options, Keenan Allen still one of the best receivers in the league. You need a third down. You need a first down on third down. Keenan Allen is almost automatic in that situation and has been pretty much the entirety of his career. You need a big play. You know you can throw it up to Mike Dub and let him do what he does. And then if you need a contested catch or you just need a smooth route, Josh Palmer can provide that. We saw that last year. Um, but also with that being said, Daniel, I think it's also clear that the Chargers should not be done with this wide receiver group. I think it's one particular piece away from being a complete unit. Yeah, and I think the thing is, is like this, the floor is super high, right? Yes. The floor for this wide receiving group is really, really high. And you probably factor in a regression to the mean as far as drops that we sure. saw last year. And that could look even better. Plus another step by Josh Palmer, right? But how does yeah. this affect Josh Palmer's development? Are you going to be able to add the piece that the Chargers offense is missing? Those are all big questions the Chargers still have to answer because you still can add to this, right, and find younger, cheaper options potentially in the draft to go along with these more expensive contracts that will still complement what your receivers do well. So we're going to get into that in the next segment and then have to begrudgingly get into Russell Wilson joining the AFC West. And when do I did, I mean, when I found that out, David, the first thing I did, stuffed my face with belt bars because that is my comfort food and it's so nice to have a protein bar that also feels like a cheap meal and that's the nice thing about built bars you can eat a built bar and it tastes like a candy bar right especially if you're having the built puffs which are the new best thing going right now the only protein infused marshmallow that you're going to find out there the first of its kind and then you get crazy flavors right you get cinnamon churro coconut marshmallow banana cream pie all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew because that's what I love about Bill Bar. It's the flavors. It's being able to change it up. Go peanut butter brownie. Go cookies and cream. Go with a puff. You just always have something to change it up so you never get tired of it. And when you're on a diet and you're eating chicken and rice and broccoli and all of those boring things, I can't tell you how much a Bill Bar, you know, gets you through and find, you know, gives you that snack, that craving that you want, right? And I think that when you have that and you also have something where most bars have 17 grams of protein, which is crazy, and usually less than four grams of net sugars and four grams of net carbs. That's what you're looking for. That's the unicorn out there. And you can even save some money since you guys listen to the show. If you go to built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at built.com. All right, David, well, it's time to continue this Mike Williams discussion because this is something that's been kind of hanging over the charges this entire offseason. And even when you're looking at the draft, right, you're waiting for these dominoes to fall. You're waiting for free agency to happen so you know exactly the depth you need to add at certain positions and things like that. And then you also have to think about, too, you know, how this is going to affect everything when it comes to draft time, what you've done in free agency. And that's how this is all going to shape out, and that'll give us a much better picture heading into the draft. But right now, there's still plenty of holes on this roster. But you feel really good about the wide receiving core now while also realizing there is a missing element. Yeah, there's absolutely a missing element. We've talked about it all off season long and it's a glaring need for us is obvious. 
And it's that infusion, that injection of speed. The Chargers need that incredible, just game-breaking speed to add that different element because not only you know can you have Justin Herbert throw those 50, 60, 70-yard bombs that we have grown accustomed to loving, um, but that's going to open up a lot of things underneath for you know your Josh Palmers, your Keenan Allens, even your Mike Williams. When you have that speed element, obviously you need a, a receiver that can run the tree, uh, as uh, Coach Staley says. But you know you need that four, three, you know four, you know two, which is not going to happen. But four, three type of speed out there at receiver. And thankfully, watching the combine, there are several options out there um, throughout the draft that they can go in there and add. And I think Daniel, that's definitely the way, the method that they're going to choose to try to add to their wide receiver position. I don't think they can afford to add another receiver, nor should they uh, with their roster construction as it is right now. But I would expect probably in the mid to later rounds, the Chargers add that speed element. Yeah, I mean, free agent receivers don't work out for the Chargers, right? It just it doesn't happen. I mean, it just uh, Travis Benjamin, Robert Meacham, I mean, the list goes on and on. Like Eddie Royad was fine with the Chargers, and that's like one of the big wins yeah. of all the guys they've yeah. run as far as receivers go. But I think the draft is the right way to go. It's just how high are you going to yeah. take a receiver? Because, like, then you see someone like Chris Alave, and, I mean, I'm sure there's still some out there like, well, that 17th overall pick can still go towards a wide receiver and one of those elite players at that pick, and you'll just go all in on being overwhelming offensively. And, I mean, there is a chance you add a receiver like that. Somebody has a Jamar Chase type of season, which is asking a lot. <laughs> yeah. You could take your offense up to a different level, right? But it does give you the flexibility now to focus more on the defensive side and also gives you the flexibility to continue building this roster out because it was going to be an $18.5 million cap hit. According to Daniel Popper, David, with the $28 million, which I believe is going to be a signing bonus, most of that is in the first season he's going to make. Daniel Popper thinks the cap hit this season is only going to be $10 million, which would still leave the Chargers plenty of room to play with. Yeah, I mean, you cut Brian Belaga and bam, you just paid for year one of Mike Mike Williams' new contract, which is, uh, like I said before, a foregone conclusion. That is going to happen, no question about it. I, I don't think there is any way that the Chargers bring or continue their relationship with Brian Belaga after the tumultuous first couple years of that contract, nor should they. I mean, potential is great, but potential that's not realized is just potential. It means nothing. Unfortunately for him, he had a great career um, with the Packers. Not so much with the Chargers, so they're going to have to go in a different direction. So with that being said, I mean, with a $10 million cap hit, that is amazing. And you got to give it to Ed McGuire and Tom Telesco building those contracts. And and you know, with uh, building those contracts, they're going to have a ripcord in that contract at some point too, just in case things don't work out with Mike Williams. That's something that's built in in every contract that the Chargers do conceivably. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I think... You know, 10 million is an awesome number if that is actually true. Well, the thing is, is like you have to kind of think about it this way, too, right? We know there's 40 million guaranteed, right? Yeah. And he's going to get that after the first season, right? He's right. going to have or 28. He's going to have after the first season. That only yeah. leaves 12 million dollars guaranteed for those final two seasons, right? So like you'll still get the cap hit from the signing bonus. But I do think people think, you know, 20 million dollars, it might be higher cap hit than what the Chargers we're going to have with, and, you know, if they franchised him. But there is good reason to believe, and I trust Daniel Popper, obviously, that it's going to be quite a bit less than the number he would have been if he had played on the tag this season, which is, I mean, at least some urgency from the Chargers, you know, keeping their offensive tag, 
using their you know contract skills to still give them flexibility here in this season, which is so important while Justin Herbert's still on his rookie contract. And I think the other part of this too, besides adding another receiver, is just what kind of step are we going to see from Josh Palmer? Because we did get to see a lot that we liked from him. He doesn't have a burner skill set. He is a good deep receiver. He's a great contested catch receiver. I know he was credited eight for eight on his contested catches last That's season. Right. Not that you want a ton of contested catches. Take the wide open catches sure. if you can. But I think that is kind of the X factor here, David, and maybe something that people are discounting. There is a chance that Josh Palmer's growth gets stunted a little bit, right? Because he's not going into a number two role. Or he's not going to you know, get way more staffs potentially than he had last year. We don't know what's going to happen with Jalen Guyton. We don't know who else they're going to add into it. But there is a good chance that Josh Palmer is an even better player, right? And we're looking at this wide receiver trio totally different next season. Yeah, there's no question about that. And, I mean, with Josh Palmer specifically, we know this is a guy who really cares. He really puts the work in. This is a guy that was one of those first in the building, last out, always catching passes from Justin Herbert after practice, seemingly every single day, building that relationship and that rapport with Justin Herbert. And, you know, taking that going into year two with hopefully a much improved defense uh, will give them more opportunities because hopefully they get more turnovers, right? Get more opportunities for Justin Herbert to go throw that ball down the football field. And yeah, I mean, he's a 22 year old kid. He's still very young, has a lot of potential. Um, and I think he has a skill set that's more timeless, Daniel. He is a very, very, very precise route runner. He has very strong hands. That's why he's so good in those contested catch situations. So I think, yes, there's a possibility with this signing that, you know, you don't get as many opportunities as maybe there could have been if Mike Williams wasn't in the picture. But I think you have to look at this wide receiver group as it is right now and feel very comfortable and very happy with what you have in the room. When you talked about, you know, Mike Williams and the injury, you know, stuff that happened early on in his career, and he's only missed four games, right? Since his first season where he ended up missing a lot of games that year, didn't score a touchdown and all that crazy stuff from that first year. Right. But when you look at it, right, I mean, if he does get hurt, if he does get banged up, if he has to miss a game or two, I mean, at least you have a guy like Josh Palmer and then who potentially whoever you add, right? I do think four receivers are going to get a, a, you know, a fair amount of targets in this offense. We saw, you know, Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer split those basically last year. Well, and 80 plus receptions. Three was. And 80 plus receptions went to Jared Cook, too. So, I mean, who who's to say sure. that? you know, whatever, whoever is that tight end one next year, is 80 plus get targets. Yeah. Yeah. 80 plus targets, excuse me, is going to get that, those same opportunities and those same looks. You'd have to think, I mean, Josh Palmer's looks are going to be, you know, more this season and he's going to have better chemistry with Justin Herbert and they're going to know how to use him a little bit better, but you still need a little bit more explosiveness, right? Maybe yes. it's not just deep speed, but it's, you know, what you're doing after the catch, right? And yeah, being able yak. to threaten in all your areas of the field, finding those complete yeah. receivers, it's hard, but, I mean, if you look at the best receivers in the league, right? Not a lot of those dudes are first round picks. I mean, Cooper yeah, Cup, very true. Keenan Allen, right? I mean, there's plenty. There's there's obviously a few outliers, you know, the Justin Jeffersons and the Jamar Chases, but like sure. you can find solid receivers after the first round. Just because you take a receiver in the first round, like a J- Jalen Yeager, right, or Rager, and some of these other guys that have come out of the last few seasons, doesn't mean it's always going to work out. So they still could be able to add and not have to use that number 17 pick. There's going to be some very enticing options that are there, but now it's time where we have to talk about Russell Wilson coming to the AFC West. Are the Chargers even the second best team in the AFC West? The Chargers did get great news when they found out that Aaron Rodgers was returning to be a Green Bay Packer, and I know a lot of Denver Broncos fans were very upset 
about it, right? Obviously, we see that being in the AFC West, and we know what the Broncos, you know, were obviously lacking there, and that was a quarterback. So it didn't last long before Broncos fans had a lot of reason to feel good again, and Chargers fans did not because the Broncos did pull off a blockbuster trade yesterday where they ended up landing Russell Wilson. They ended up getting the next, you know, biggest guy and a younger guy in Russell Wilson who, you know, has been a borderline MVP player, a Super Bowl champion. And of course, David, of course, after Aaron Rodgers decides that he's not going to join the AFC West and we don't have to think about, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr. Now it's Russell Wilson and the whole thing gets messed up again. Somehow the Broncos are able to send two first round picks, two second round picks, a couple of different players like Shelby Harris and Drew Locke, and then and get Noah Russell fan. Wilson back. Yeah, I know. Uh, oh, God. Why did this have to happen, Daniel? <laughs> why did this have to? But, I mean, why is this such a big surprise? We know that the Broncos were a quarterback away. They have one of the best defenses in the league. They have a cache of young wide receivers at their disposal that are under contract for the next three or four seasons. Russell Wilson was hurt last year, but there's no questioning his pedigree. He is simply one of the best quarterbacks in the league and brings that dual threat um, ability for his ability to create and be able to run. Um, obviously he can throw the bombs as well. So we're going to see a very different looking Broncos team. And I am definitely scared. It's just very interesting. Cause I mean, like I talked about at the beginning of the show, like the chargers were the third best team in the AFC West record wise last season. And they were ahead of the Broncos, but the Broncos still had a top three scoring defense. They still had a top, you know, seven as far as yards per game allowed by their defense, you know. So it, they had a very solid defense, and the offense was obviously the problem with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, obviously. And, you know, we've gotten to see the ups and downs of Drew Locke because a lot of them have happened against the Chargers. Now he's yeah. headed to Seattle, Seattle, and then the Chargers get the, the worst part of that trade. Like, it's hard to imagine that the Seahawks win this trade, right? I mean, usually if you're the one getting the star quarterback, you know, like the Rams last season, you're the one that ends up winning that trade. And the Broncos, after toiling so long, right, having to go through so many quarterbacks, I think it was 13 quarterbacks since Peyton Manning left, have now got a guy. They now have a dude at that position. And they don't have, you know, Vic Fangio, so maybe the defense takes a step back, but it always seems like the Broncos have a good defense. They do have a first-year head coach in Nathaniel Hackett, who, you know, probably brings a little bit more offensively, obviously, than Vic Fangio, you would hope. You still have to kind of see how it works out, but pretty impressive what that Denver Broncos front office has been able to do. And you have Von Miller on Instagram, you know, we're talking about going back to Denver as well. So, like, it is crazy how much things have changed now in the AFC West. And I think, David, the AFC West is now the best division in football. That's not even a question to me, Daniel. You look at these other teams. I mean, the, the, these other divisions, there's only one that you can even consider to me, and that's the AFC North. But with, you know, Ben leaving and you know, with, with whatever is in Cleveland, uh, you know, obviously we don't know who's going to play quarterback over there. Um, yeah, looking at all the rest of the divisions, I don't think it's not it's even close. It would have been the NFC West. That That's yeah. what it was before this trade, right? The NFC West before this, you had the yeah. Seahawks who had a bad, bad season, but then you also yeah. had the Cardinals, a playoff team. You had the 49ers a game away from the Super Bowl, and you have the Super Bowl champs in the yeah. Rams. That's still a really, really good division. Now you took one of those quarterbacks, you know, last year he was probably, you know, probably he was probably still the second best quarterback in that division, right? But behind Matthew Stafford. So I think he's probably still ahead of Kyler Murray just because he won a Super Bowl and he's an all pro yeah. player. So I think that's just the, the tough thing is now 
you already knew it was going to be tough, even with Justin Herbert, right? To yeah. make it to the playoffs, to win the division, when every year you're going to have to go up against Patrick Mahomes, you know, who to me is probably still the best, you know, is still the best quarterback in the league. He's still the most ridiculous quarterback. Josh Allen maybe closed the gap a little bit. But now look at the AFC, right? To get to the Super Bowl out of the AFC, you have to go through Patrick Mahomes, Josh Lamar Allen, Jackson. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Crazy. Like, it's crazy what you have to go through now in the AFC, right? Derrick Henry. <laughs> no, yeah. he's not a, a quarterback, but you get in like Just the crazy. Is, uh, who knows where Deshaun Watson's going to go? Like, even, yeah. you know, no matter what you think about Deshaun Watson, you know, the go dude to the was NFC, still okay. a, uh, right. I mean, hopefully, dude. I mean, that dude was a top five quarterback, you know, when yeah. the last time he played yeah, he football, nasty. like, he was disgustingly good. Yeah. So, the AFC is insane. I, I mean, I'm a little surprised that, the, you know, with the offers out there, he didn't try to go to maybe Washington, right, or Eagles, but the, also the Seahawks saying, get out of our conference. You go join that cluster in the AFC. Like, how does Derek Carr feel about himself right now? I mean, that's the real question. Like, where does Derek Carr rank in the AFC as far as quarterbacks go? It's so deep. It's so talented. And I think now the question is, David, is where do the Chargers fit into this? Because I do think even with, the games and how they went with the Raiders last year, even though the Raiders had a better record, I still think the Chargers had a better team than the Las Vegas Raiders did. Thinking, yeah. you know, they had a couple more balances go their way, but I still think the Chargers were the better team, had the more convincing win of the two wins, obviously, and oh, then yeah. just came up short in a miraculous comeback in the final Incredible game of the season. Incredible football game, yeah. I think the Chargers, and the, there's still so much, right? The, de- the free agency and the draft still have to happen. So we don't really know what these teams are right now. But at least how we're seeing, you know, from last year to this year with the guys we expect to return, the Chargers may be the third best team in this division. Like, I think now it's really, really tough because the Broncos defense was so good. And they're going to have to make some decisions, right, on defense. Kyle, guys like Kyle Fuller and Callahan, Bryce Callahan and guys like that. But they still, I mean, they might have Von Miller. They still have Bradley Chubb and Justin Simmons and Patrick Sertan. Like, it's just crazy, David. And it is going to be interesting to see where the Chargers kind of fit into this because obviously the stakes just went way up. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're Tom Telesco, you're like, oh, man, I I have to make some serious moves now if I'm going to continue to (laughs) or if I'm going to compete in this division. They're going to have to revamp this defense completely um, because we know what these other teams bring to the table. Chiefs have that overwhelming offense. You know, they can score from anywhere on the football field. The Broncos now have one of the best defenses in the league. And now they have a quarterback that can champion those crazy weapons that they have on the offensive side of the ball, which is definitely scary. And so the chargers have their work cut out for them. Um, I think it's definitely arguable now that they're, you know, the third best or worst team in the division, which it sucks. That sucks to have to say that, but one very good byproduct of that, Daniel is we're probably going to have about five or six primetime games next season. I mean, we'll see. I'll believe that when we see it. But I mean, yeah. if you Justin Herbert and this division doesn't do it for you, right. Trying to get other quarterbacks. I'll see it when I believe time. it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, how does this happen? Like, I mean, Face like the palm. thing is, is like, thank God for Justin Herbert, right? Like, oh, thank yes. God the Chargers have a dude that's going to give them a chance going into every game. Has a dude who's gone toe to toe with the Kansas City Chiefs every time that they've matched up against him. He has two overtime losses in the three regular season games he's played against Patrick Mahomes, and then he has a win, you know, in the other game, the first Chiefs game of last season. Thank God you have him. But I think the other yeah. thing is too is it's like that just puts the onus so much more on like you better improve this defense, right? You better hope that you're doing everything around Justin Herbert. And you better hit too. 
Well, I mean, the rest of these dudes aren't on rookie quarterback contracts, right? Mahomes yeah. isn't anymore. His big cap hits are coming. Derek Carr isn't. Russell Wilson obviously is not. And his next contract is going to be giant. You better strike while the iron is hot because, I mean, the yeah. Broncos are going to be a much better team next year with Russell Wilson at quarterback. They have a good receiving core in Tim Patrick, Jerry, Judy, right? And those guys, Cortland Sutton, another one. Yeah. And I really, really like Javante Williams, too. I mean, that dude's a stud. Their offensive line was fine last year. Either way, we know their defense is probably going to be good again. And the Chargers still should be able, you know, with Justin Herbert to finish second in this division. If Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley manages right, if they're able to add the right pieces there, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to come in second place in this division and hopefully get a wild card spot. I mean, I'm not going to say that they're going to be better than the Chiefs win a division for the first time in, you know, 10, 12 10 years. 10 plus years? Yeah, yeah, 10 plus years, right? And then I'll, then I'll say you're better than the Chiefs. The Chiefs are still the pedigree, four straight AFC championship Oh, yeah, games. they're still the king, and you got to take the crown off the king before you can make that claim. 100%. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, I still think that they could be better than the Broncos, but the Broncos are right there now. There's no more breathing room. There's no more easy matchups inside this division. You don't get to pick on Drew Locke anymore, and he beat you more than he should. So it is a yeah. crazy shift. And I think, David, I mean, I, we're just lucky that we get to be here to cover it. It's going to make us break things in our house, right? It's going to make our lives a living hell on some Sundays. But when you take down Russell Wilson of the Broncos, that means a lot, right? When you take down a guy like Patrick Mahomes, that always means a little bit more. We are heading into some straight-up all-time classic type of stuff, some Hall of Fame-level games probably that we're going to see week in and week out because you get Russell Wilson twice a year now. Good luck with that. Tom Telesco, the clock's ticking, bud. Like, it has to change. It has to change this season. You have You're to moved, dramatically Tom. Let's improve. see what you got. You have to dramatically improve this roster, this offseason. You can't go into it saying Sam Tevy has good left tackle feet. You, you can't go not. into it saying that, you know, we like our offensive line and our safety depth. You just can't have it. This team has to be the best version of this team in 10 years, I would say. You know, 10-plus years. That has to be the best team in 10-plus years if you want to compete and make it into the playoffs when you have the NFC West on your schedule next year as the NFC team you're playing. And now you have Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes in your division and you haven't even shown that you can sweep the Raiders, right? So it's going to be crazy. I I'm definitely excited about it, but we do have, you know, some big guests coming up this week as well. We want to make sure you guys are back here for that. We have the director, the Kiwi filmmaker is going to be coming on the show. I know a lot of you are very excited about that dude. And that dude puts out some great content for sure on YouTube yes. and just streaming on Twitch and everything else. Super excited about that. That dude brings a different kind of energy and we're also going to try to get the new sports illustrated writer covering the chargers to come in maybe talk some free agency as that is rapidly rapidly approaching and much more to make sure you don't miss it subscribe to the lockdown chargers youtube channel and also make sure to find the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from thank you guys for making this your first listen if you guys are trying to keep up with the draft make sure you guys check out the lockdown nfl draft show with eric crocker former nfl player and ryan tracy so you guys can get the inside scoop on what they think is going to happen in the upcoming draft and what the Chargers could potentially do as well. But make sure you guys also, if you want to get on the show, get call into the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924. We're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. And you can hit us up on all social media as well. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. You can also find the show at LockdownLAC. And make sure you can also you can also go to our new Instagram channel as well, our new Instagram page at Locked On Chargers and our Facebook page, Locked On Chargers as well. So thank you guys so much 
with all this crazy stuff going on, we appreciate you guys checking in and getting our reaction to all of it. And we'll be back with you guys tomorrow as always. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.